you can't have faith to believe that God is going to be not God. Like God is going to do what God is going to do. You can't say, well, I have so much faith, I'm going to change what God has planned. I, I, don't, I don't think it works that way. It's the sunny side. My name is Sonny Adolfiette from Family Life Afternoons, and we try to see where God is showing up in miraculous ways, where we don't think it's possible because it's so dark. How can I get through this? How can my heart ever heal? Our very special guest today is one of our very own Amy Zimmerman. Amy, what do you do here at Family Life? I am a regional underwriter for Buffalo area and Jamestown and Bradford, PA. What, what does that mean? What do you do? That means that I go around finding businesses that would like to join us by sponsoring the programs that we have on the air. Yes. So you hear those little snippets and um, because we can't have advertising, but they can help sponsor like news and what have you. Right. You get to get brand name and recognition. And at the same time, you get the opportunity to change lives for yes. all eternity. How about that? Yes, yes, yes. And that is our message, or at least our hope every single day here at Family Life, that you're being impacted with a message of hope. And it's funny when you think of social media, sometimes you just, ah, oh, it's just so ugly. And But then we see messages of hope on how people have been blessed, like you on Facebook. You shared something that had um, my boss, our boss, <laughs> cry and say, please talk to Amy about this. W- what was that? I shared about uh, the loss of our stillborn son. Hmm. This happened when? It's been 21 years. So does 21 years stop the pain? No. Yeah. No, but I, I heard a phrase recently that I've shared with others, I think even you with the loss that you went through with your mom. Yeah. And it's basically that time does not heal our pain, but the one who holds time, he can mm. bring the healing. So take us to 21 years ago. I was uh, pregnant with our fourth child and we had three beautiful girls Mm. prior to that Um, nothing wrong with the pregnancies everything went absolutely perfect and I had really prayed about this child because we weren't sure if we wanted another one and you know how things go sometimes you get a little stressed with the amount of kids that you have Mm. and life and everything else so I knew that this baby was an answer to that prayer and so we went to have a, a sonogram like they do nowadays. And they were a little concerned with what they saw mm. on the screen. And so they wanted us to come back the next day and talk to the doctor. So we knew it was a boy, which was huge for us who had already had three girls. Yeah. So we were excited. And I remember as we pulled out of the parking lot, I turned to my husband and I said, we need to name him because we need people to pray. We don't know what's wrong, but we need people to pray and they need to have a name. Mm-hmm. So we named him James because mm-hmm. the Bible says, you know, the book of James talks about consider it all joy when you encounter um, trials because I knew, okay, this is a trial, but I was going to consider it uh, joy as I walked through it. So we named him James and people started praying for him. The next day we went back and we were told that he had a problem with his intestine, that it was flipped, but it was surgically uh, fixable. 
But at the same time, she's like, uh, well, I just want to do an amnio. And before I knew it, I had an amnio, even though I don't even recall giving permission to have an amnio. But uh, apparently I did. And we we did. Amnio is what an is amniocentosis, it? a test to find out if there is a, a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess somehow they can tell if there's a chromosomal issue going on. And then they like to use that to be able to tell women, okay, well, we know there's a problem, so now you can abort your baby. Mm, um, okay. So we weren't going to do that, but we did the amnio. I'm like, ah, it'll be fine. So we did that and walked away and uh, went home and just went about our business, taking care of our daughters and everything else that we were doing. And at the beginning, this must have been in November, and at the beginning of December, like those first weeks or so, I got a phone call and it was in the evening, you know, dinner time. The girls are at the table and my husband was doing something and I picked it up and it was my doctor. And he said, I don't know how to tell you this, but your son has trisomy 18. Now I had already heard from the technician what maybe that meant, which really it means three number 18 chromosomes. Mm. You can only have two chromosomes. You can't have three. You can't have one. You can't be missing any. You have to have the perfect number, and you got to have two in order for everything to be perfect. It's amazing how incredibly we are made because yes. so many of us are walking around without any chromosomal issues. Mm. Um, but he was going to have three. And in the conversation, he told me, he goes, you know, that's incompatible with life. Now, this is a phone call, yeah, and I'm standing there receiving this information, trying to understand what he's telling me, and he says, so we'll make, you know, I don't know if it'll happen in utero or after the baby's born, or what, but whatever we do, we'll do everything we can to make sure, you know, he's not in pain or, or you're comfortable, and I'm like wow, I can't believe we're having this conversation. So I went and I handed the phone to my husband. I don't even think I told him anything. I just said, here, and I gave it to him, which Mm. I guess looking back now, maybe that wasn't very nice either, but I was having difficulty. So I went in my bedroom, I closed the door, and I got down on the floor, and I said, God, I'm not going to fight you. I fought you over my mom dying, because those of you that don't know, my mom died when I was 20 years old. She had cancer. Um, and I was a miserable wreck over that because I didn't like it. So I said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight you. I'm going to submit. I don't know what the plan is, but whatever you're going to do, you're going to do. And so that was the beginning. That was December. And uh, most of you know, December is a time when there's a baby boy that is born Mm. and we all celebrate that. Yes. And it's very hard to walk through that when you're carrying a baby boy and everybody around you is talking about a baby boy. And even though it's Jesus, you're still like, yeah, but the one I'm carrying, I've been told is going to die. So Mm. what am I supposed to do now? (laughs) Um, Mm. So we, uh, we just kind of, did our own thing and just tried to make it through Christmas. Like I couldn't even go get a tree. Um, it was it was just so hard. Um, was that the feeling in the entire household with your husband and daughters also that there was uh, maybe a feeling of gloom? Yeah. Well, my girls really didn't understand. Okay. I mean, Tamara was only five. You know, so we had five, four, and like two. They weren't old enough. They still needed to celebrate. They needed to do all these things. So thankfully, uh, our church and Sunrise Ministries came alongside us, and they brought over gifts for my daughters. It was so beautiful. Mm. They just came. So many people blessed us. I can't even even start naming everybody, but it it was amazing 
the pouring out of love from the Christian community to us was, was truly life-changing, I believe. And that's why I try to make sure that I do that for others now, because I know what it's like to be on the receiving end and not being able to give anything. Of being blessed yeah. by prayers and just being there. Your husband, how was he through all of this? He was quiet. Yeah. He was quiet. He was trying to probably just take it all in and take care of me because obviously, I mean, we had a physical issue going on that I was pregnant and um, we didn't know if something was going to happen with me. And so, and so he tried to, you know, take the girls and keep the girls busy and occupied and do things with them. So, but we were, we were both grieving. We knew it wasn't going to end well. I just knew in my spirit it was not mm-hmm. going to end well. And, you know, I had people say, well, you just got to have faith. It's like, well, you can't, you can't have faith to believe that God is going to be not God. Like God is going to do what God is going to do. You can't say, well, I have so much faith. I'm going to change what God has planned. I, I, don't, I don't think it works that way. Yeah. Faith is believing in something you can't see. Mm-hmm. So for me, faith was going to be, you know, at, at some point we're all going to be in eternity. And, and that faith, unfortunately, even though we mean no harm, uh, that faith gives you the thought that you have more power than God does, that your faith is more powerful than God, that, well, my faith is going to get us through this. And it's not your faith that gets you through. It's God that gets you through. Amen. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, so you're waiting. It's Christmas. Do yeah. You go so into the new year. Or? Yeah. So we, we went through we went through Christmas. Um, like I said, we kept uh, continued even volunteering with the, the Youth for Christ event that was going on with all the youth that I had planned to participate in. Went and did that because, I mean, the last thing I wanted to do was just sit around my house feeling sorry for myself yeah. and not doing anything. Mm-hmm. So we went we did that at the end of at the end of December, moved into January. And then by February, it became apparent that. Uh, we were going to, he was going to have to be delivered and because they were concerned for my health at this point in time. So we didn't know what was going to happen, managed to find people to take care of our kids um, and went to the hospital and to be induced and had wonderful friends just came and stayed for hours and visited and talked and what a blessing. Mm. My heart breaks for everybody now that can't go to the hospital and be there with their friends and their family members. but uh, they helped us get through those those waiting hours of not knowing what was going to happen. And then fast forward, uh, he was born, and uh, I'm like, they're they're hovering over me, and I'm going, okay, so is he okay? You know what's going on? And they're like, shh, shh Amy, it's okay, it's okay. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and they said he was gone. But the two ladies, Sherry and Alice from Sunrays, a lot of you guys probably know them. They were with us and my husband. And I tell you, it was like having God's presence just Mm. hovering over me that it's going to be okay. And so um, he was gone and we were allowed to hold him for a few hours. Nowadays, you have all your, your your phones with your cameras, so we could have taken all kinds of pictures, but then we didn't have that, so we don't really have uh, great pictures of that 
experience because neither one of us were thinking, hey, let's go get the camera and take yeah. <laughs> take pictures. Yeah. So I, I have the ones the hospital took, but it doesn't matter because I have my memories and and uh, Lord allowed us to to hold his his beautiful little body mm-hmm. for the time that we did. And then, um, you know, went home. And then I could relate to women that walk out of the hospital empty-handed, whether they've given their boy or their son or their, their son or their daughter up for adoption, or they've lost a child. It was the most empty feeling that I'd ever had mm-hmm. to leave the hospital with no baby was horrible. But God is good. And I went home and uh, we had to tell our daughter who just didn't understand at all that Jesus had taken her brother. The other two were too young to even really comprehend anything. And that was so hard um, to do that. And then we had to plan a memorial service for him and the night before the memorial service, I was like crying out. I'm like, God, I don't get this. I don't understand. Like I did everything because over and over, the Lord kept giving me the scripture, be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. Like over and over whenever my heart was overwhelmed. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) why did you say that to me? Because this is not where I want to be. And we went to the service and the pastor started talking and he started explaining what stillborn was, which I thought was a little weird because, you know, he said he'd never done a service for a stillborn baby before and he was going to explain what stillborn meant. And I'm like, okay. So then he started going into the definition of the word. And would you believe it? He went into these beautiful words like at peace and tranquil. I mean, just just words that just flooded my soul with God just saying, I came down from heaven and I touched your son and I said, stop struggling, be still, it's okay. Hmm. You're gonna be all right. And he took him home to heaven. And for a long time after that, I wanted to go to heaven, but I had my three daughters and I knew they wouldn't be able to be without me or my husband. So I chose not to do, I mean, I wasn't going to do anything anyway, but you know, your heart, you just long to be someplace else sometimes. You just didn't want to be here anymore. Yeah. You weren't Wayne, suicidal, but you just didn't want right. to be here. I Wayne, understand. Wayne Watson and, and um, Sandy Patty sing a song mm-hmm. together called Another Time and Another Place. Mm-hmm. And that was just a gorgeous song. And now I can't listen to it anymore because I listened to it so much at that moment. But um it brings me to tears whenever I hear it, but it, it is a beautiful song about there is another time and another place mm. and we will be together. And so um, just really to wrap it up, basically, um, you know, we've been blessed with two more girls since then. Um, actually, we lost another baby. Really? Directly after James. Wow. And so we named her Jamie. I was, it was a year, his, a year, the anniversary of his death. I was six months pregnant. We were really excited. And a week later, I went to to get the sonogram. And the doctor turned the machine on. And then he turned it off. And he said, I don't know how to tell you this, but there's no heartbeat. So I was like, wow. And, you know, sometimes if you look through scripture, 
you see that God truly empties an individual of themselves before he can really do the work that he wants to do. Mm. And I really felt that that's what he was doing with me. He just really emptied me. There was nothing left. My mom died when I was 20 and I lost my two babies and there, there was just nothing left. It was gonna have to be him. So you weren't, you weren't even healed from losing James when you lost Jamie? No. No, I'll never be healed of losing either one of them, but no, I definitely... And, and it's not like you can go and have another baby to fill the gap yeah. either. Please don't get that idea. I know that's not a thing. And you can't ever take that spot. <laughs> pe- people mean no harm, but they'll say, well, you can have another child, and they, they just throw it out there, right. and that, that hurts just as much. Right. Right. Wow. So, granted, I understand. I, maybe I chose the wrong words on being healed, but uh, ready to move on after James and then Jamie, and you're excited. And I can only imagine how dark life was at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think I would ever smile again. You? Me. Amy Zimmerman, <laughs> who is always smiling. <laughs> yeah. I would see guys, young men walking down the street and I would think, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to be able to raise a young man. And um, we were blessed with two more girls. So we have a total of five for those of you that are listening. Um, absolutely incredible girls that I just love to pieces. They're all different and unique in their own ways, but they're fantastic people if mm-hmm. you ever get a chance to meet them. <laughs> and... Um, Michaela was born, and it was amazing because we named her Michaela because we liked the name, but I named her Joy because of the scripture that talks about weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I went in at seven o'clock in the evening to have Michaela because she was three weeks late, and my doctor said, you need to be induced, and I'm like, all right, dragging my feet. And I went in, and... They did all that they do in order to, you know, start you and get you ready and everything. Found out I was in labor already. They didn't have to induce me, which was really nice. And then somewhere around midnight, everything stopped. And I'm like, God, what are you doing? Mm. The heartbeat was good, so there was nothing to be concerned about there. But everybody left the room. It's like, okay, everybody, just go relax, take a nap, whatever. And I'm like, (laughs) what is happening? This is not okay. Um, and so part of it that I forgot to mention is that my husband is a watch and clock repairman. The day that James died, he was sitting in the living or in the dining room having his breakfast before he came to the hospital to be with me because he had gone home and then he was coming back. And he looked up and believe it or not, our clock stopped. Our clock stopped at 10 minutes to four. Mm. James was born and went to heaven at 10 minutes to four in the morning so fast forward Michaela's being born and the doctor everything you know labor starts up again everything starts moving again and Michaela is born at 10 minutes to four in the morning Mm. and the song playing in the background is weeping indoors for the night Hmm. but joy comes in the morning and my husband said it was the most spiritual moment of his life because we knew God was in that room with us. And that, I mean, Michaela, if you know the name Michael, it means like gift, right? Mm -hmm. So 
um, or messenger. And, and she was our, she was a gift, an incredible gift. And God's timing was perfect. And since that time, he has also allowed me to minister to other women. I won't go into all those details, but there were some ladies that were in some really, really hard situations and lost their babies. And God used me to speak words to them that I didn't even know in some situations that just really encouraged them. And that's why I'm sharing my story now, because if I can encourage you in any way, if you even want to personally talk to me, you are more than welcome to. All these years later, I always said that God was going to, you know, in, in Job, it talks about how, how he says at the, at the end, he goes, I knew of God, but I didn't know God. Mm. And I feel like God gave me a key and he said, here, do you really seriously want to know me? Do you really? And if you really do, then turn this key. Because before that, I had been crying out and really asking God, I don't hear you talking. Like everybody talks about you speaking, but I don't hear you speaking. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear you talk to me. And so I took that step of faith and it changed my life. And I feel like he gave me a glimpse into something that not everybody gets that opportunity unless they're really willing to step out on faith and believing something that you can't see, like stepping out and, and not knowing what's going to be underneath you when you land. And it was, it was truly amazing. But it also said that God gave Job a double portion mm. of everything, right? So I'm like, okay, so I figured, hey, I'm going to have twin boys. <laughs> you know, that's what's going to happen. Mm. Well, I don't have twin boys. I have five girls. <laughs> so that didn't happen. But believe it or not, my oldest daughter, her very first child that she had is a son. Mm. And they just adopted another, they have a girl, and then they adopted another little guy in June. And Obviously, he's a boy. So she has two boys already. And then um, to top it all off, my daughter, the Michaela, the one that I told you about that is so amazingly a miracle in our lives and her timing that God brought her to us, uh, has married a young man who is the same age as my son, James. So no, I did not get my son, but I got a fantastic son-in-law who's the same age. Hmm. So it's almost like, having a son again. And at some point, I'll get um, three more because my oldest is married. So I already have two wonderful son-in-laws. And I believe uh, I will have, there will be five young men in this family hmm. at some point. So God is, God is good all the time. Yes. He fulfills his promises. And if we just trust him and keep our eyes focused on him, he will get us through whatever we need to. We don't get ourselves through it. It's only his spirit that dwells within us that makes that possible for us to continue. I have to ask though before you go because um, it was the absolute darkest moment and so many times you hear, unfortunately, husbands and wives going separate ways because of that stress. Husbands and wives, you know, fighting because, well, you, you lost the baby, and of course, it's not your fault. How did God keep you and your husband together at that time? Well, my husband, he kind of took the scripture that King David did when his son died, when he had been fasting and praying and refusing to eat or do anything, and then after his son died, and he cleaned himself up and ate and his, his people are like, what are, you, what are you doing? We don't understand. You should be weeping and mourning. And he was like, well, 
um, my son is no longer with me, but I will go to be with him someday. And I think we both kind of had that look to it as like, we're going to go to be with James. James is not struggling or striving or anything like we don't even have to worry about James. <laughs> you got to worry about your kids that are here, but you don't have to worry about the ones in heaven. <laughs> um, so I think not saying it was easy. Um, we definitely do not grieve well in our family. We have, we, we don't like to, I, I think, I think as people as a whole, we don't like to grieve. We want to act like we have it all together. I think there's even a song I heard playing on Family Life this morning talking about uh, that we just always tell everybody, oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> truth be told. Yeah, truth. <laughs> but we're not. But we're not always. So um, well, I think we're still a work in progress. I think um, it will always be with us. And we just had to keep our faith in the Lord and trust that he would just continue to, to make the way. And, and we have five girls mm-hmm. that we had a responsibility and still have, you know, one at home uh, to be responsible for and take care of. And you, you can't, if, if you just internalize and spend all your time thinking about you and your pain and your stuff and everything, then you can't really reach out and be part of the body of Christ that needs to be ministering to each other. So I guess perhaps that's how we do it. And when someone comes across our path that has a situation similar to ours, then we are uniquely qualified to help minister and encourage them. Amen. Amy, before you go, this is for that, that one person listening right now. They're in where you are, whether it's a death or finances or their own health, and it's as dark as possible. How do you turn to God in prayer? Do you just stay quiet, be still, as you said? What, what do you do in that moment that is absolutely dark to see the sunny side? Um, the, th- the thing that worked for me the most in that moment, believe it or not, one of them was listening to Christian music. I wouldn't have survived without having the worship music because the lyrics that a song, and a song that would just come on would just hit you right exactly what you needed to hear. And this isn't a plug for family life, <laughs> um, listening to our, our music or anything, but it really, really blessed me to be able to, it, it brings peace you know, and, and you got to know the scriptures. Mm. You've got to know what God's word says. Even if you can only cling to one, be still and know that I am God. Or my ways are not your ways. My, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My, you know, God's thoughts are higher than ours and, and his ways are higher than ours. You've got to know those things because it truly helps you when you're in those places that you don't know. You can say it doesn't matter. You know, that, that is my big takeaway is it does not matter. We do not have to know. We do not have to understand. There is nothing that says that we do. We just have to trust. And we do know uh, scripture clearly states that what the enemy means for evil, God will bring good for those that are called according to his will. And if you're a believer and you know God, then he will bring good out of any situation, mm. no matter how dark or terrible it is. And I know that's maybe that's not resonating with some of you that are in a really bad place right now. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to make it hurt worse. I just truly believe, and I've seen him, he will turn things around. That's what faith he, is. Even if he turns it around just in your own life, it doesn't yeah. mean, it doesn't mean you're going to get twin boys. Mm. I didn't get twin boys. Mm-hmm. I really wanted twin boys or a boy. <laughs> and I didn't get that. But I got a relationship with God that I never would have had. 
and I have an opportunity to be with people and talk to them and encourage them in ways that I never would have been able to do that. And I consider that a privilege as we walk on this earth that we're supposed to be brothers and sisters. And so um, that and, and, and cry out to God and tell him the truth. Mm-hmm. Tell him the truth. Remember he's with you 24 hours a day. For, for him has a song that came on at that time too. And it talked about God's with you every minute of every hour, you know, every second of every minute, every hour of every day, 24 hours a day. Hmm. God is there. And if you're willing, he wants to be there. He wants to help. It's us that goes and shuts him out. Amen. We may think we've run far away from God. I know I did. I thought I was so far away that God could never find me. And all you have to do is turn around. He's there. He is there. Take that breath in. He's there. And for those who don't know the Bible, um, because so many who listen to this may not know where to find that comfort in the Bible. Uh, God has his word is so easy to find now with uh, smartphones. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you simply say fear, Bible verse, 100 verses will pop up. <laughs> if, if you say anxiety, Bible verse, pain, Bible verse, so many of these verses will pop up. And like Amy said, Grab one or two, memorize it. Every time it hurts, go back to it again and again and feel the presence of God. Mm. And build your story. Yes. Journal. Whatever you need to do. I I have papers written in all different places, maybe not all pulled together in a book. I want to write a book someday about it maybe because I think it would be a good thing to help others. I haven't got that far yet, but it's certainly been an idea in my mind. Um, And I would say, you know, just to keep track of the miraculous things that you see and you hear. Mm. Someone spoke to me, one of my best friends at the time and said, fear robs you of today. Yes. If you want your day robbed, then you you let the enemy fill you with fear. And that goes for this whole COVID experience too, mm-hmm. while we're at it. Yep. You know, we are not called to live in fear. We are called to walk in the truth of God. So we don't have to fear. There is a number, there is a day that we are all called to go home. And we don't know what that day is. But we're supposed to live our lives the very best that we can for Jesus while we're here. And if you don't know God... I got to tell you, now would be a good time to turn to him. Amen. If, if you really aren't sure, if you're not convinced, I mean, it takes a lot of faith to not believe in God. If you look around you, I mean, he put the stars in place. He, he did all of these <laughs> things. He, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We have a total, these chromosomes, you're only supposed to have two. If you don't have two, everything gets messed up. It's, it's amazing mm-hmm. how fearfully and wonderfully we're put together. So... I would say to just be willing, just be willing. And, and God promises if we seek him, he will make himself known because he is known. It's just, we're not willing to see him. So seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will take care of everything else. Period. (laughs) Amy, thank you so much, sis. Father, continue to use her story to bless those who hear it. Be with those who are struggling right now, listening. Let them know that you're with them right now, Father. You are as close as their breath. All they have to do is submit. And all they have to lose 
is their fear. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to The Sunny Side. Family Life is listener supported and your financial gifts make podcasts like this possible. Find out how you can partner with Family Life on our website. Just visit familylife.org. Family Life.